today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. I want to focus uh, for the next few minutes uh, about the health care announcement made by the provincial government yesterday. Uh, this is uh, the much-anticipated announcement, of course, uh, because uh, there was a leaked document a few weeks ago that uh, the NDP at that time suggested was the template for the system. We uh, talked to the minister uh, Christine Elliott at that time, and she said, no, that's that's old and irrelevant. And yesterday she did roll out uh, exactly where the government and how the government is going to proceed. And uh, to get some clarity on that, we are pleased to welcome back to the program the uh, Minister of Health for the Ontario Government, the Honourable Christine Elliott. Minister, thank you so much for the time. Good to have you with us on a busy day today. A pleasure. Good morning, Bill. Good morning to you. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about what you uh, outlined yesterday, if we could. Uh, and and uh, we knew that the system needed uh, some changing, uh, some radical changes, I guess, in some people's minds. Uh, the, the rollout uh, includes, a, I hate to use this word that uh, because it haunts many people, politicians, a kind of an amalgamation uh, of a number of different health care services into what you call Ontario Health. Explain exactly why. Well, we came to the same conclusion as many people have that just small changes around the edges of our health care system was not going to achieve the change that we need to strengthen our public health care system, that we need a transformational change that is going to center uh, care squarely on patients and provide integrated care for them as they have their health care journey through the different transitions from hospital to home care, for example, for hospital to long-term care. Right now, that care is very fragmented. The providers are funded in, in silos, often with contradictory aims. We want everyone in healthcare, all of the providers, to be able to concentrate on the patient and the patient's needs and making sure that patients get that connected care every step along the way. Uh, and which is a, a goal that I think everybody would agree with. Uh, obviously, it needs to be patient-centric, and I know you've done an awful lot of work in that over the last few years. But how does this system encourage that? I mean, uh, it's, are you centralizing or decentralizing healthcare delivery? What we're doing is, uh, is creating the agency, Ontario Health, that will be responsible for um, the uh, organizing health care across the province to make sure that people in northwestern Ontario will receive excellent quality health care in the, not necessarily exactly the same way because there are regional differences, but will receive uh, excellent quality care that people in Toronto will receive or Ottawa. That coordination function will be and uh, the responsibility of Ontario Health. They will then receive applications from local health care providers who will then apply to become the uh, local Ontario Health team. And if they meet the criteria that is being developed, then they will be the ones that will be both fiscally responsible and responsible for care coordination in that geographic area. So, so the, there, are, there are going to be regional uh, councils then too. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, well, there will be uh, five regional parts uh, to the Ontario Health, the, the uh, provincial agency, but then the care is actually going to be delivered by local health care providers. And they are, uh, many people are very um, happy about that. The care providers want to be able to provide coordinated care, but the system, the way it's set up right now, doesn't allow for that. 
So we want to remove those silos and allow those providers to come together to provide the care they want to provide to their patients. But but what you're suggesting, I understand, excuse me, what you're suggesting here, in other words, you're going to get input and hopefully some direction on how that care is going to be delivered at the local level from these these local boards. Is, Is that not the same as the LIN, just a different name? No, no, they will actually be providing that care. And they are the local providers. They're the ones that are on the front line. They know. So, for example, you might have a situation where uh, a hospital, a home care provider, and perhaps a mental health agency might uh, come together and say, we want to make an application to become the uh, local Ontario health team. They will put a plan together. They will have to uh, satisfy Ontario Health, the agency, that they are able to provide that service. And then they will be the ones that will be responsible locally as local care providers themselves to be able to deliver that service with all of their care partners. So bring everybody in that delivers health care in that geographic area and make sure that that care is centered around the patients and is integrated to provide that kind of continuous care, coordinated care that patients expect and deserve. So so we've got two different levels here, and I understand that. But uh, the, the super board, is, as some people have claimed, uh, uh, you know, the, that's, that's, I guess, what it's going to be dubbed in some people's minds anyway, that, that's called Ontario Health, uh, is, yeah. is obviously going to centralize an awful lot of the, the administrative end of this thing. How does that impact staffing? Are, are people going to lose their jobs as a result of this? We... Um, we anticipate that um, as a result of the change in structure, some people may move around and perform perhaps some different functions, but we want to put as many resources as possible into the front line. And many of the people that are already there in the LINs, for example, the, who, who provide home care, will still be necessary to provide home care. That's not going to change. The structure will, because we want to focus the structure on patients and patient care. But Many of the people will still be necessary. Many or all? Because, I mean, I'm, I, and I'm going back, it wasn't your promise, in, in fairness, Minister, yeah. but it was the Premier's promise at the time of the election that uh, j- during these cost-efficiency exercises that uh, your government was going to undertake, that nobody was going to lose their job. And uh, there's a concern, and I, mean, I know you've heard it over the last 24 hours, and I wanted you to comment on it here. Are people going to lose their jobs? Are some people going to lose their jobs as a result of this reorganization? Well, as I said before, we are focusing on providing um, more resources for frontline care, and that's what we're concentrating on with this. There will still be people that are necessary for all of the functions that are going to be um, dealt with here, but I think it's premature to say exactly what's going to happen because it's going to be up to the local Health Ontario teams to provide their plan for service and submit it to the agency. So that determination will be up to the local care providers uh, who will form the local Ontario health teams. In this reorganization, are, are, are there some facilities that are going to close as a result of this? I mean, I understand that you're saying you're going to get input from these local agencies, but, but you know, we've, yeah. we've gone down this road before, and, and we've had hospital closures in, in some instances, and, and that's, that's frightening to an awful lot of people that are looking for that kind of care. No, we are not looking at hospital closures at all. But if it's recommended from one of these uh, the sub-agencies that you're talking about, does the government entertain that idea? Uh, we don't anticipate that's going to happen because uh, the, we ex- expect that many of the hospitals will become part of the local Ontario health teams. They are anxious 
to uh, to connect. We have uh, received uh, great support from the Ontario Hospital Association. Uh, we want to work with them, and we want to make sure that they are a central part of coordinating the care for patients. When's the, They're uh, one of the biggest providers of care. Minister, when's the uh, legislation actually going to be introduced? Obviously, there's a process once it gets into the legislature. Uh, I introduced it yesterday okay. in the legislature, and so it will work its way through in the normal course. I'm sure we are going to have uh, a, a vigorous debate about it, but um, at the end of the day, this transformation, uh, in my view, is necessary. Um, people from across Ontario during my time as uh, the opposition health critic uh, for a number of years, as Ontario's first patient ombudsman, and now as Minister of Health and Long-Term Care, they have told me we need this transformation, that the status quo is not acceptable, that we need this change. And so it's the right thing to do, and we are going to uh, to move forward with it, respecting, of course, the legislature and the legislative requirements. And as that process unfolds uh, through the leg- legislative process, Minister, there's a, there's a long list of stakeholders. You mentioned the Ontario Hospital Association. There's many, many more, as you know. Uh, are yeah. they going to have an opportunity to weigh in on this? Of course they will, yes. Once this matter, they've, I've already spoken with a number of them, a number of them. I've consulted with them. We um, already have a number of groups that are supportive, but of course they will have the opportunity now that the legislation has been uh, introduced to, um, if they have issues, to appear before committee when the matter gets to committee. Uh, we welcome the um, opportunity to um, to uh, consider any uh, legislative changes because what we want to do is the right thing for patients and families to make sure that we focus squarely on them with this uh, legislation and make sure that uh, patients, families, and caregivers are at the center of everything we do and that we what results is better coordinated care within our public health care system that people will continue to pay for services with their OHIP card as they always have. Busy day for us, and uh, it's going to be a rather interesting debate over the next little while for this. Minister, appreciate you taking the time for us today. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bill. Take care. That's uh, Minister of Health, Christine Elliott. Uh, I want to bring uh, the leader of the opposition uh, at Queen's Park, uh, Andrea Horvath, of course, leader of the Ontario NDP Party, into the conversation now. Andrea, thanks for uh, jumping in. I, you've heard the comments. I know you listened to the minister yesterday in the legislature about this, too. Uh, it, it seems to me, and this is just my read on this, I haven't read the legislation, I'm just reading the overview on this, is if they simply blown up one administrative system and replaced it with their own under a different name. Sure, and, and what they've done is they've, they've centralized everything into this BMF called Ontario Health, taking some agencies that are frankly world-renowned in terms of the, you know, the, uh, the services that they provide, and I think of things like um, Cancer Care Ontario, for, for example, the, uh, the, the Trillium um, uh, Gift of Life uh, network. I mean, these things are, are, are working well for patients. Uh, and for families, why would you, you know, why would you dissolve them into this big bureaucracy uh, that uh, that is now, you know, going to make decisions uh, and and uh, funding allocations based on the requests of these local Ontario health teams? Um, again, sucked into this central, this central huge mega bureaucracy. Uh, I, and I can tell you for sure, if I was living in northern Ontario or or in rural Ontario, small town Ontario, I'd be pretty worried. Uh, about uh, about how that this is going to impact my access to health care, and we all know already that those those parts of our province uh, suffer 
suffer from a lack of equitable access to health care. So it's very, very worrisome. And, you know, it's interesting because they're doing, they're kind of taking on a similar model as what was put, put in place in Alberta, which, was, which has failed. And, in fact, Alberta is reversing uh, the failed model that the Conservatives put in place in that province. And yet here in Ontario, the biggest province in our country, uh, they're, they're adopting this Conservative model from Alberta that has failed the people of Alberta. And, you know, again, the, the, gov- the, the um, minister likes to gloss over uh, the transition, uh, but we haven't seen a very sensitive transition, for example, on the autism file. Uh, so if that's any indicator of how this government deals with transitioning from one system to another, we're in for a rocky road, and it's people's access to health care and their, their access to quality health care in a timely fashion that, uh, that I'm very concerned about. As I, as I went over this stuff last night in preparation for the show today, uh, one of the things that d- d- kept jumping out at me here was, and I, I heard the minister's comments, and you, she just repeated them today, that this is all you know, about the patient, and, and that's wonderful. That's everybody's goal, I think, for an, an effective health care system. But we already know that uh, you know, to end the, well, the phrase they used all through the election, you know, hallway medicine, uh, is going to take a huge investment of money and, and personnel to do that. It means more money for long-term care. It means more money for hospice care, more money for at-home care. Yeah. Uh, I don't see that in, in what they're rolling out here. I see another great big administration uh, move here, uh, but I don't see that kind of money. They keep talking about frontline services, but I don't see it happening on front lines. No, I'm, I'm pretty worried about it too, Bill. And uh, In fact, uh, the um, Ontario Nurses Association has come out pretty concerned as well. Uh, I mean, we know know that uh, we don't have enough, you know, personal support workers in our province that are prepared to do that job in long-term care and in home care, because it's, it's frankly, an underpaid and uh, uh, under-respected job. I mean, we, we have people graduating from uh, programs at college that, that don't even go into the field because they have to get two or three part-time positions in three different nursing homes to be able to cobble together cobble to their living. And in each of those homes, it's very stressful because they're all understaffed. None of that is being talked about. But the other thing that's really, really worrisome, and I don't know if you picked it up in your review of the uh, legislation that was tabled, but there's a new preamble. So new, I mean, different from the one that was uh, initially uh, uncovered when we leaked the draft bill. By the way, this bill is very... This bill, Bill, sorry, <laughs> this bill is very much uh, similar. I mean, they're, they're, they've tweaked a couple of little spots, but really the worries we have about privatization continue to be there. And the minister is, is, is like mixing the words around to try to confuse people. But being able to pay for services with your OHIP card does not prevent privatization from occurring. It's, the, it's who's providing that service. And if it's for-profit privatized companies that are providing that service, that's privatization in our healthcare system. And in the preamble, what they do is they they change the the reference uh, to fu- the, and it, it speaks particularly to public funding, but doesn't mention at all the principle that comes straight from our Canada Health Act of public not-for-profit delivery of health services. That has been skipped. That's been, that's been skipped out of this legislation completely. And that's where we see the big loophole uh, allowing Mr. Ford and the Conservatives to do what they always do, and that's privatize, privatize, privatize. In fact, that was the other promise that he made during the campaign and that he made when he was running for leader of his party. He was going to leave no stone unturned to find uh, opportunities to privatize public services, and that means our 
precious health dollars instead of going every single penny into the frontline care uh, for, for everyday families and, and patients that need it is going to go to pad the profit margins of private companies, which is the wrong thing to do. All right, we're just about out of time, but I guess uh, one final point is we've been there, done that before. I mean, this sounds very similar to, to what the Harris government tried to do. And, oh, I, right. I, I, and I understand the minister twice now has said that, uh, you know what, we're not anticipating any closures, we're not anticipating any job losses, or she says don't anticipate. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But the way the Harris government did this is they dried up the funding sources so that the local boards were the ones that had to make the decision, and they just put their hands up and said, it wasn't us. Well, yeah, it was, because the, the money that should have been put into that program wasn't put into that program. I'm afraid we may see a repeat of that. I'm afraid so, too. And, in fact, it sounds to me that that's exactly what the, the minister described when you asked her that question a few minutes ago. She described exactly that scenario. Well, she wasn't anticipating any local agencies closing, but, of course, that will be the decision of the uh, local health teams. And those local health teams will make that decision based on, based on community needs. So then what happens to specialized services? What happens to things like... Uh, like Actually, I, we are out of time, but listen, okay. I, I, I want to take exception to the last thing she said there. It, they said the local boards are going to make the decision based on their needs. No, they're not. They're going to make it based on the amount of money that they're going to get absolutely. from the government. And if absolutely. that money dries up, we're all in trouble. Yeah, you're uh, absolutely right. Lots more to talk about here in the days and weeks ahead, Andrea. Thanks so much for this today. My pleasure, Bill. Take care. You bet. Andrea Horvath, uh, uh, leader of the opposition, of course. And uh, as uh, the minister mentioned, the, uh, the the bill's before the House right now. So uh, lots more to talk about this before this thing gets uh, actually sent into law. Uh, and uh, maybe, maybe an opportunity for everybody to have some input. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.